You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Now you've been appointed as the next chair of the Group of Eight, what do you hope to achieve in that role? Well, uh, I hope to play a constructive role which will position uh, the group of universities I represent well to achieve their missions, but I want to do that uh, in a framework where we also fully respect and collaborate with Universities Australia, which uh, is charged with uh, underpinning uh, the positioning of the whole of Australia's university sector. In particular, uh, we're very keen to have a good look at the system, uh, which uh, should be possible now that uh, the Birmingham review uh, of costing in particular uh, must be close to uh, making findings. And for us, uh, it's clear that there are several distortions in the funding system. Uh, One distortion relates to the funding of individual uh, disciplines uh, which uh, universities teach in Australia. And certainly uh, from the perspective of the G8 group, where we really need to have a close look at things uh, in disciplines, which everyone know it is, in our view, impossible to run without incurring a big loss. So that would be disciplines such as veterinary science in particular, dentistry, and there are some other high-cost disciplines such as um, uh, medicine and agriculture, which uh, one needs to look at. And, and that's very important uh, to the G of eight universities because the other area where we have a problem uh, is in the funding of research. And uh, partly because we've been around for so long and had the advantage of time, our universities are really uh, strong in research culture and in research intensivity. But because research is not at all fully funded, Uh, we also have the problem uh, of carrying additional costs which we must find from cross-subsidies from teaching. And uh, we we don't believe that can be right uh, for a national innovation system. Uh, Those costs have to be carried by society and not only by uh, students who uh, attend at G8 You mentioned that there are some courses which are essentially just unsustainable to run. So what would the GO8 propose to more or less make these courses sustainable as far as I, government... I, yeah, I don't want to preempt uh, what findings uh, might come out of all the data uh, that the government uh, has collected, but it would, have, it would appear to me that um, uh, those subjects which really uh, are underfunded, uh, which really do give rise to financial stress, that the nation has to fund them in a different way if it still wants universities to provide graduates, say, from veterinary science and from dentistry. And, um, you know, we have ambitions uh, to, um, for example, uh, expand uh, our agricultural exports, and many of those are livestock-based. 
So it does make sense that the nation as a whole uh, underfunds the provision of the professionals who have to uh, secure those export earnings for us. You also mentioned that you're keen on developing a framework for the Group of Eight to work with the rest of, uni- of the unis and universities Australia. Could you go into a bit more detail about that? Well, I mean, one of, one of the things that uh, the Group of Eight, like all other universities, uh, is applauding is that a much greater proportion of Australia's young people have been given an opportunity uh, to go to university. Uh, and the introduction of the demand-driven system uh, has really uh, enabled uh, students who previously didn't go to university to now go to university. What we are saying is that after this demand-driven system has been running for uh, five to six full years, uh, that it's worth looking at uh, where all the successes are and where it perhaps is possible uh, to, uh, to tweak uh, the system a bit. So we, we believe that uh, the number uh, of able but uh, financially uh, disadvantaged or geographically disadvantaged students who go to university has not increased enough under the demand-driven system. So um, we, we speculate that there might be a better way of targeting the additional expenditure that has come from government through the demand-driven system towards very able students who uh, are really financially disadvantaged and or geographically disadvantaged. And your predecessor to the role, um, Michael Spence, often argued that a way to solve this was uh, letting universities set their own prices so they could provide scholarships to a lot of these students for their um, accommodation costs and, and such and such like that. What's your thoughts on that sort of proposal? Um, I, I think it eventually uh, it, it is necessary to look at how best to resource the educational effort uh, in Australia. Uh, it would be a personal view of mine that the deregulation debate we had was a very good debate to have, but I also think it was a challenging debate because without any price signals, when you enter into education, uh, you could end up in a situation where students end up with too great a debt burden. So we need to find a way of resourcing universities appropriately but not uh, do it in such a way that it has unintended consequences, uh, particularly in relationship uh, to extraordinary debt levels. So uh, that, that is a live policy issue to which I don't have any uh, immediate solution. Uh, but the way that the Australian university system, uh, in a sense, uh, is uh, moving forward without that solution, is to very successfully uh, grow international education export earnings. It's quite remarkable what Australian universities have done, G of 8 universities and non-G of 8 universities. Uh, The total value of the education exports is now some $20 billion per annum. And I think Australia should be very proud of what has been achieved, but also be very cognizant of the fact that there might be a day where it will be more challenging to have such great export earnings from international education 
and uh, what is it that Australia then will have in place to secure a strong educational system uh, because without that uh, we will not continue to have a prosperous and socially cohesive society.